0: Welcome friends, our today's book is Idea is the Easy Part Myths and Realities of Startup Like whoever have a dream to build a dream startup They will be first obsessed with that dream They will think about that's very unique They will be fully optimistic And they will be in a high risk taking mode Like they are on a roller coaster ride or something And they think that they are going to put a dent on the universe. Someone like their exemplars of Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Bill Gates and all. But there are some realities there. So Brian Dovey is the author. He is actually a venture capitalist part of Domain Associates and all. He even got an MBA from Harvard Business School. He's telling all those from the business school is different from what is the reality and it is different from what a a founder is going to think. So if you are to be, if you plan to be a founder of a startup or if you are founder of a business, this book is a must read for you. Published by Matt Holt, an imprint of Benabella books. Let's get started. Chapter one, Mystique of the startup world. As we mentioned, idea is the easy part. So the point is that startups are unpredictable and dynamic in nature. The book actually focuses on the stress for constant evolution, adaptability and decision making. That's what's important because grass is always greener in the Fortune 500 boardroom but the reality is not like that. It's a thrill ride is different from what is actually there. So chapter two, going for it. Do you have what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? So what does a founder look like? This may be your vision. What is a founder look like? You would think like someone young and enthusiastic, risk-taking, egomaniac or someone alike like that. But the point is that founder is not look like if he is focusing on financial gain only and he avoid hard work. He is not going to be a founder, which an an ideal founder. If he is someone easily distractible, he resists the strategic pivoting. Pivoting is changing something. Like what you think about now, if you are resisting to change, that is not a good founder. If he is not resilient enough, he is not adaptive, and he is not having that long-term commitment, then he is not the founder look like? Then, what does a founder look like? The answer will be, he should not be someone from a business school. He don't necessary to be. Most of the great people we know are dropouts and all. So, it's not a benchmark. is not someone who just got an MBA from Harvard or someone else like that. Ethnicity, where he's coming from also doesn't matter. Diversity in that ethnicity, if there is a group of founders, that actually improve the results. And gender. People think that only male entrepreneurs will succeed, but the real proof is that lot of women entrepreneurs are succeeding also. So, uh, that is a myth. Founder is not necessary to be a man. And age is like a fine wine. More the age, you have done more experience and more learning. So less age or being young is not a criteria for a good founder. Motivation? You should be motivated by passion rather than profit. That is the good founder look like. You don't have to be the jack of all trades. You can be expert on something else like if you look at Steve Jobs and all, he's expert on something. He don't know much about technical and all, but he just his attention to details and excellent marketing skills and such things was making him succeed succeeded on that. But other things were done by someone else in the Apple. personality. Stay true to your own style. It doesn't necessary to be an extrovert to be a good founder. Introvert can be. There are a lot of people We consider them as nerds, like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Elon Musk even stammer when he's talking and all. So, stay to your own style. It doesn't matter. You don't necessarily have to be an ex, like a a blasting extrovert to be. And risk appetite, you should not be someone who don't care about risk. You should be someone who stay hungry, yet be cautious, be strategic, be going for what you Try to evaluate the risk. That is all the things what it looks like to be a good founder. Chapter 3: What makes a good idea for startup? We think that breakthrough innovation or a new technology is essential for a startup success, which is not the case. The book debunks the notion also, people think also the opposite way. Improving the existing products can only guarantee success. In actual fact, both of them is wrong. Dovi introduced five criteria to evaluate a ex- successful startup or a company. First one, market. Is it really attending a true unmet need? People think about talk about a lot of needs it is attending, but go to the core of that and see whether it is really attending that unmet need. Second thing is that identify a competitive response. Whatever you are trying to do, most of the time there will be someone who already have done before. There is someone already capitalizing that market. So just understand what are the competitor response, how the competitors will respond to your idea and how much you are resilient to that third thing is that capacity to scale. You can see lot of great people have great invention, but you don't see it there. You don't see it on your normal life and all because there should be a capacity to scale. Then only a business will work. If Elon Musk factory can only make one Tesla in one year or something, is not going to be successful. The success of Tesla factory is that that scalability. Whatever you have now, if even if Elon Musk plan to make a mobile phone or anything else, he can scale it on that factory because that is that level of scalability is there. So that is really important. Whatever you are trying to make, you should think about how much I can scale. Then only it will work. Then establishing the unfair advantage. That is really important. Maybe you are expert on something that really make that company unique. So that unfair advantage is important. Otherwise, if someone, if you don't have an advantage, someone come with a better unfair advantage, they can take over your business. Finally, the fifth one is the financial aspect. Is the business ability to generate enough cash before it run out of capital? Even Bill Gates, when he was, making by Microsoft and all founding Microsoft, that time he was making sure that at least one year of expenses, cash is available in the bank. So you should always think about in that way, how much capital I'm having enough so that I'm available before I run out of capital, so that you will able to generate profit and continue with the business. Chapter four, what VCs look for or venture capitalists look for. Venture capitalists actually—they are—you don't think that you can just just convince them by telling something or exaggeration or something. They always go through evaluation, not by mere choices. That's not the thing. You should always think that venture capitalists—they are not doing a transaction. They are trying to become into partnership with your business. They are going to take a stake out of your business. So focus on the potential value rather than inflated value. Those people, they will look at the potential capability. Like if you look at any company stock, like whatever it is, even Tesla, Uber, even Uber is not that much profitable, but they are always considering the potential value. That's why venture capitalism is funding the company. That's why it's still surviving. Otherwise, the market model-wise, it is not a profitable market so far. Same thing applied to many other companies like Tesla and all these things. All of people are putting that value. It is a potential value in the future. That's all the stock and other things are bought. And seek venture capitalist funding as late as possible because people think that it is, uh, it is good to get venture capitalists as early as possible. But the point is that you are going to give a major chunk of your equity, of your or a partnership or a share of your business to someone else. If you have to think about a potential value and that business go and become a 1 billion and later that small portion percentage or a portion is a big amount. So try to seek funding as late as possible. Try to run it with your own fund. At least $100,000 a founder is putting into that. That's ideal. $500,000 is best. Somewhere in the middle is good. Something like that. And founders intangibles. That's also what uh, venture capitalists look for. Like What is the character of this person? How this person is committed to it? What is his competence, what is his past history, How what he done in the early business, how he deal with that. All those things are also really important. Then, post-funding relationship. Venture capitalists, they are not just like bank. They are something more. So you have to highlight a collaborative partnership. That's what Brendo is telling. You should think it in that way, venture capitalist. Chapter 5, Simplifying People and Culture. The point is that hiring, it should be more strategic. You should invest in key personnel who will drive the value to your company. So don't just make some post because every other company have that post. If that particular position is not driving a value, you should not hire for it, especially in the early stages. Then you should hire for character. You should hire for attitude rather than aptitude. That's important and also hiring for adaptability. Same like a startup or a founder should be resilient and adaptable. The hiring, the especially the early hire should be able to handle the rapid changes. They should be adaptable to that. Then only they can survive and the management, even if you hire for management positions and all, make sure that you hire hands-on and hands-off people to have a balance in a startup. If you hire all software engineers and then put one of the person as a manager, it is not an ideal combination to survive. And decision-making and delegation and transparency. Like when you're making a decision, it should be tried to make as much transparent as possible and try to delegate some decisions and put some autonomy and authority on them. That will also improve success of a startup. It's not only the idea, people and culture also matters. Something more on people and culture, flexible management metrics. If you give some unrealistic performance metrics, non-achievable targets like that, such thing will not work. You should be making the flexible management metrics so that people are able to uh, collaborate each other and equity compensation that's really really important because when you're making a startup you're not going to get revenue soon so in that case best option is to be having that equity compensation like they will be rewarded with a percentage of equity which will be actually hold it will not be able to get it and cash it as early as possible it will have some durations and all so such things is important to have a more commitment they feel like It's their own company, like that. Support your team, that's also important. Like when you have a trouble, when your team is in trouble, you should support your team. Focus on removing the demotivators. There are a lot of people who just be smart at something, but they will be making demotivating the other team. They are like like a, a black sheep inside a group of people like that. So, try to address such issues of mission drifting and bureaucratic creep and all. And one last important thing regarding people and culture, you should be there enough to fire someone. There should be some necessary firings. If you think that Okay, that let let us wait for some time, let us see how this, so you are going to take a bigger risk. So, there should be some necessary firings, that is really important as well. You should always keep that as a tool in the people and culture. On team building and management, separate project failures from people failure, that is important. Because a car actually need both gasoline as well as brake. So the point is that a visionary CFO is actually going to make some chaos, like what Steve Jobs have done, a prudent CFO who make moderate that chaos. If you take it in another example, like Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, he hired Tim Cook especially for a reason because Steve Jobs was a visionary, but he's not good in operations or something like that. So he just invited Tim, He's an expert in Excel thinking. It's Microsoft, like a lot of operational precisions and all. He's not a visionary, Tim. So he tried to moderate that chaos and Steve Jobs make that chaos. So it balances each other. That's how it works. So, chapter six execution is the hard part. Because that's really important. Even if you have all the ideas, even you know what to do, what not to do, execution or doing something, that's really what matters. So success demands a blend of focus, flexibility and creative problem solving. That's really important. <clears throat> so the point is that mental clutter, you just have to take out that mental clutter in the execution Especially should be very clear on what to execute. That's really important. And dangers of perfectionism. That's should not strive for perfectionism. Try to to strive for excellence and do that. And also pivoting. Should always be ready to pivot even while doing execution. That's important. And strategic alliances. That's that's really important, especially on execution because you're not able to do everything from your side. There should be some strategic alliances to just make the execution smoother. Uh, also, one, another thing is that when you are doing execution, you should think outside the box. Like You should not always think on a, on a way which already the industry is running. You can think outside the box. Should that take importance? That really matters in both cases. If you're hiring for fresh people, in execution also experience, but for execution especially, experienced leadership is very valuable rather than a non-experienced execution. Team. Those are the chapters. But the book ending with some doveyism, like some learnings or fundamentals, mirror brain telling. we'll grow go through that. It's telling about opportunity. That's some subheadings. Opportunity is telling those who hurt with a new idea will fight for it, but those who benefit will be skeptical. So when you are finding an opportunity, this is a read keep that in mind. And also, an opportunity can be only encashed or started if we you have a minimum viable product. That's really important. And another thing for opportunity, great entrepreneurs, they wait for the deal where the odds of winning is more in their favor. No great entrepreneurs will go on some opportunity where odds of winning are 50-50. If your odds of winning are 90-10, to then you should go for it. That is a dovism about opportunity. So on starting the company, play to win. That is really important. Don't just do something. Even you should be persistent enough to win the game when you're starting the company, not to lose. And you don't have to be A in or you don't have to have an A in everything when you're starting a company. Not necessary. You can be A in few things and C in good enough in other things. But it's best to know like for example, if you're a startup founder who specialized on some pharmacy pharma, pharma or some other industry or anything like that you may not be aware about accounting or anything like that but some fundamental understanding is good and mainly one important thing before you start a company is that think of it at a, as a test that will prove your idea wrong as we mentioned earlier idea is the easiest part but before you are starting company make sure that It is a test that will prove your idea wrong. So how much you can afford to lose on making your idea wrong. On venture capital, it is more about, because Brian Dewey is a venture capitalist, that's more about that. He's telling that it is usually the jockey, not the horse that drives success. So horse is someone like, say a, a venture capitalist or something like a moving thing. But the jockey, whoever is riding that, who if he's a founder or or even venture capitalist in the board and all, those are the people who is driving the success, even though holes have that power. So the point is that you will all and this is something from Jeff Bezos also. Like, you should regret about the deals you do you did not do, not the deals you did and that failed. That's important. Because when you have something, an opportunity or something like that, do go for it if you think that you will regret about it after some years. If that is not the case, it's fine. But always you will regret the deals you did not do because you don't know how much it is going to multiply or grow exponentially in the future. On operations, that's another part. Is that great idea, poorly executed, almost always fail. But an okay idea that is well executed will usually succeed. So when you are working on operations, your goal is to make not 20-80. If you know the Pareto principle and all, you should focus on 80-20. That's really important. The 80% of consideration should be there rather than working on 20 things, operation remaining, leave it or ignore it like that. so forecast on taking action forecast especially in operations and all when you're forecasting it forecast in a way by to take action not an ability to guess that's not that's not the good operation is talking about also when your operations try to do new stuff stop doing the bad stuff and do good things better Like a lot of quality management techniques are there about Six Sigma and other things, but generally lean technique and all, Toyota production system and all. But that's about operations. Now on mergers or on merging to another company or acquiring something and all. What Brando is telling, if one rock doesn't float, why do you think those two rocks tied together will float? It will both will go down. So that's the thing. If one is failing, it is not necessary if we tie to something else. Only do a merger if a potential upside have a lot of margin of error. Aye. So even if you fail, you have a longer margin of success. Now on carriers, like especially on a founder carrier and all, don't eat your spinach unless you love it. Otherwise, it will not work. Also, try to make new mistakes. That's all such books and all is talking about. If somebody has done already such mistake, try to avoid that. Try to make some new mistakes. Not the same what others have already done earlier. On the other hand, don't learn too much from your mistakes. That's also important. Then you cannot act on it. You will be just always thinking about mistakes and all. Don't learn too much. Just try to learn what is enough and then proceed. Strengthen your strengths and make your weakness acceptable. You can try to hone your weakness acceptable and just polish your strength and become more with that. So pay attention to also, because when you are in a career and all, you are going to get a lot of advice and all. So pay attention to the experience of the people who is giving you the advice. That's also important. Anybody can give advice, but look at who is giving that advice and then take on further. That's the end of the book. So, I hope you enjoy the book. Thank you for watching. And if you like, we have another book in our channel called The New Way to Think by Roger L. Martin and published by Harvard Business Review. Have a look on it. Thank you then. Bye for now.